You're with Julian on the Brown Note and a dipping my toe back into Ukraine. Where is China and where are the progressives? Now, um, I got it completely wrong at the start because I just didn't think the world would, do, well, the Western world, it's not the world, it's the Western world, would try and fan the flames of this war. I said it would be a couple of months and... Um, Russia would basically get um, Ukraine to confirm that they weren't going to join the European Union or NATO and probably solidify the Russian side of, or, of Ukraine, where the population is mostly ethnically Russian, which is, um, I think they are kind of doing that. Uh, it's, it's virtually impossible not to get this incredibly propaganda-based news in the West on What's happening that tells me every day that I'm subject to Russian propaganda? I haven't seen that much of it. And my line the whole way through is I'm I'm not a Putin supporter, but I understand that the uh, fall of uh, the Soviet Union back at the end of the 80s gave an opportunity for a lasting world peace, which uh, both Reagan and Gorbachev grabbed with both hands before the military-industrial complex grabbed it back off of them and the the conditions for peace was that russia won't meddle in the, any of these ex-soviet republics that are on its um, eastern border with uh, the rest of europe as long as the eu and nato don't push up against its borders by making all those countries eu members and nato members which is exactly what they did and the last shoe to fall was ukraine which was the one that they simply couldn't stomach anymore and it was going to lead to war which it did, and they predicted it back in 2008, and specifically said that it's going to lead to civil war in Ukraine, and that's what happened, and blah, blah. I've been over it a long time. But the um, question is, I've got, where are the progressive voices, and where are where's China on this? Um, it's incredibly dangerous now. I thought there's no way that the, the EU, America, and Britain would pursue such a self-damaging action as simply fanning the flames of the war to make it go on as long as possible to hurt russia as much as possible just to sell arms to some people in these now they're offering sweden and finland eu and nato membership and they're touting that they will do with ukraine exactly what brought us to this point it was so it's it's so damaging to the economies of those countries that I thought there's no way that they'll do it. I mean, it was almost guaranteed to lose the Democrats, the um, House of Representatives, in the midterms because of the cost of living spiraling out of control because the impact on the um, supply chain. But also, you know, any on humanitarian grounds. The, the the West is actually letting Ukraine crucify itself for them. You know they've they up until now they've offered virtually nothing, but we'll keep <laughs> keep fighting. It's Ukraine that's getting blown up, and it's Ukrainians that are getting killed. And the West, like normally, you would have voices suing for peace, and that is just being squashed. And we're being asked to sacrifice, like everyone is, because um, the cost of living is spiralling out of control and we've got higher prices in Australia, in the UK, in America. In poorer countries, their access to stuff like bread is impacted and they're being killed on this. Like the impacts on the global supply chain are enormous. Um, and, we, and we could end up with a new Iron Curtain. We don't want a new Iron Curtain. 
But the military industrial complex always needs an enemy. As soon as the Soviet Union died, in came the Islamists, and they don't really have any Islamists to hang it on anymore, so let's go back to the Soviet Union. But this isn't the 1950s when it happened before. This is a globally intertwined economy. Russia produces a large chunk of the world's energy and goods. This impacts all of us. They didn't in the 1950s. So we are actually in the West, in our own countries, less important than the profit margins of the military industrial complex who go to these new NATO countries or existing ones and said, instead of spending all that money on schools and infrastructure and, you know, everyone says about how bad communism was have a look at some of these countries and how they fared since communism ended and capitalism came in they've not got better and they needed all that money to spend on infrastructure and uh, instead they're being told by nato you have to um, spend billions a year on your military to make it up to nato spec and that's the sale thing isn't it but where are the progressives? We've got more progressives in the American Democrats in, in actual office than we've ever had before. And I'm not hearing any other voices on this war other than everyone in the West is in lockstep. Where are the people saying sue for peace? I think if you say sue for peace, you get called a Putin admirer. I'm not a supporter of Putin. I think that this war should end with as little bloodshed as possible and as much peace as possible a lasting one and that is apparently not up for discussion but we've got all these progressives in the in the government young progressives or old progressives like bernie progressives that are, you know were wildly against the wars in iraq and afghanistan saw straight through the reasons for them hate these proxy wars that america or the west wields against others and they haven't said a word they've not said a single thing I mean, the only goal of this war, it seems, from the West is to hurt Russia and sell weapons. And it's not the whole world either. The West are not the whole world. They're not massive Latin American voices, African voices, Southern Asian voices, Chinese voices um, on this same hymn sheet as, as, as Europe, Britain, Australia and America are. We think we're the whole world, but we're not. We are the world. We are the children. There's lots of people in the world that don't want this war, and we're not really hearing from them. And I said, where is China? And, and the reason is this. China has an opportunity to, and a desire to step up onto the world stage and challenge the endless hegemony of the United States being the world policeman, they don't have virtually any uh, history in the modern era, like in the last 50 years, of using their military to go overseas and smash up countries like America does. They have an opportunity here to um, put themselves in the driving seat. They've got a very different relationship with Russia, which borders their country. Lots of Russian people, history-wise, have lived in China they have a lot more connection. They don't have the baggage of the Cold War. They were both communist nations. China is in a position to do more than radio silence. I think that they can step up to the plate here. 
The other thing is, China can't have a failed state Russia on their doorstep. China has Afghanistan and its own Uyghur population is, uh, who are all Islamic and they are terrified of the Islamist to their east. Am I going the right way? I was west. I should have said west earlier. West. Uh, they, they, have, um, they must be conscious of the fact that Russia is keeping a lid on a lot of Islamic countries, not only by you know for brute force, but by offering security to a lot of post-Soviet republics to their south. China doesn't want a failed Russia. China doesn't want all of these um, republics that are very close to them igniting without a modifying hand from Russia. Because next to Afghanistan, there's a lot of Russian states that are reliant, that are Islamist, not Islamist, but Islamic, and they are reliant on Russia's guiding hand uh, as far as security and measures like that goes. So it's in China's interests to... Um, actually step up to the plate here and I think they're in a unique position to do so. Um, I, I really hope that China does actually offer something here just suing for peace. I don't see how people can complain.